Hello and welcome back to the Clock End Talk and Arsenal podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and follow us at Clock End underscore Talk on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. Um, those are probably not wanting really to get into a podcast after the shit performance against um, Leicester City. But anyway, here we are and we'll try and make it upbeat and a bit positive for you. So, Tony, how are you, mate? Yeah, I've been better. Um, frustrated, disappointed, angry, blah, blah, blah. But again, let's not let football get in the way of life. I feel like I'm saying that a lot at the moment. Saying that every week, aren't we? <laughs> 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 and, that, and that laugh you can hear, that's uh, Nick. How are you, buddy? I'm good, thanks. Just still recovering from, uh, as usual, like Tony put it, a very, very messed up Sunday. That's how I can put it. <laughs> so, and, no, yeah. nah, mate, we're, we're all there, buddy. Um, for those who are wondering, who the fuck is Nick? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nick is actually just stepping in for Schwinn a little bit. He's, um, we're going to see, you know, how how things go, and uh, we'll get a few people in. A couple of people mentioned on Twitter and whatnot. They'll step in every now and then. So Nick's the first one off the rank. So welcome to the clock end talk, Nick. And you're popping your cherry, buddy. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay, Tony, let's get into the lineup, mate. Um, thoughts when that came out, buddy? Um, to be honest, I wasn't really uh, surprised. There was not there was not much to to be too annoyed about. I, I think because so, Shelney was going to need a rest at some point, so he chose to do it there. Um, beyond that, we we said the other day we'd prefer a five, but but thought he'd probably go with a four uh, at the back. I, I was a bit surprised he went... So when the lineup came out, I wasn't too bothered by much, but when we actually came out and lined up, I was very surprised he went at sort of four four two, because neither Mickey or Iwobi offer real genuine whip. They're not genuine wingers that are going to run it and beat their players. Um, and so then with no 10, it made it very difficult to service the front two. Um, I, I was expecting a four two three one with Aubameyang shunned out wide, but... Um, we didn't do that but actually when the, the team news the 11 names on the piece of paper came out uh, I wasn't I wasn't unimpressed yeah, um, yeah. there was a lot as I said that went on during the game that I was unimpressed about uh, but as I said when uh, an hour before kickoff when that, that piece of paper came out I was I thought yeah that's probably what we're working with it's the best we've got available, really, isn't it? Like yeah, I mean, I've, not, I've, I've read on Twitter that Ozil apparently had an injury. I've not heard any more into that, so I have no idea what's going on there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at what's on the bench and there was nothing that would have improved us, barring maybe Koscielny, who, who may have needed a rest. So it's not like uh, you go, oh, why isn't he playing A, B or C? You looked at the bench and there was nothing there, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on the lineup, buddy? I was uh, when I saw the lineup, I was quite impressed. Like it was a full strength lineup, like everyone's been asking for. You know, like everyone said, we should play our, our strongest players. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have any reservations about it. It was a very good lineup, and it uh, everyone started off a bit slow, but it was a good lineup. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else. There was no one else who could put to to make it better. So it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Tony, um, 
just on the lineup, just quickly though, because we were talking last podcast at a five at a back, and look, obviously that's what we were we were hoping for. I would take it. Uh, you put a Bamiyang or a Lacazette out to make create that. Um, I'm not sure because both Iwobi and Mickey are there to create width, even though it's not really their their biggest strength. If you have wing backs, you don't need a midfielder to create that stri- that width. So even if he wanted to get the two up top, he could have gone with a back five with Kalasnac and Maitland-Niles creating the width. The two in midfield that were there anyway, and then gone Mickey. Or it won't be, but I would probably prefer Mickey as a 10 behind Aubameyang and Lacazette, if that's the, the way yeah, he wanted okay. to go. So it could have been something that he could have done very easily. Um, as I said, maybe the worry was Koscielny isn't wasn't fit enough, but then he ended up playing a half anyway. I think, for me, I always think if someone's on the bench, they've got to be fit to play a, the vast majority of the game because you never know what's going to happen. Someone could get injured after two minutes mm. uh, and then that player has to play. Um so, yeah, as I said, I would have preferred a five, but I, I did say on here last week that a four wasn't a horrendous decision. I thought it was at, at Wolves, and I've said that before and after the game, that it'd be a horrible decision to go before, whereas yesterday I, I don't think it was uh, it was too bad. Okay. Right, uh, before we... Look, we, we've got to talk about... Um, before we get too much into the game, I'm not going to go 15 minutes and half an hour and what was your thoughts and stuff... I'm going to touch straight on Maitland-Niles. Uh, first yellow card for you, Tony? Never in a million years. I've not seen it back. Uh, again, I'm, I'm in a habit recently when we lose, not watching any highlights or anything. So I've seen what I saw in the stands, and I don't even think it was a foul. Mm. Um, I mean, I've seen people online moaning, saying that the chill well done, or someone from Leicester done exactly the same challenge on Aubameyang three seconds before that led to that run. But for me... It's, it's not even a foul. If it is, it is a million percent not a booking. If if you got booked every time one of them happened, we, we might as well play five-a-side football because that's what every game would end up as. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, uh, same thoughts for you, mate, or you thought it was a yellow? Um, I'm going to have to say the first one was a yellow okay. because when uh, uh, Madison was going, was like attacking, now stopped uh, a counter attack, in my opinion. It was so, Chuo, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was Chuo. Sorry, Chuo. Chuo was counter attacking, and now stopped him. So automatically, in my normally that's supposed to be a, a yellow card. But the fact that it was his first challenge, I think it was a bit harsh. But under normal circumstances, it's supposed to be a yellow card because he stopped the counter attack. So yeah. okay, I, I, look, I'm with Tony on this one. I, I look, I did look at the highlights before recording, and for me, I, I just didn't think there was anything in it. Um, I just, I thought it was a harsh decision, very harsh decision. It's one of them that if he doesn't even give a foul, no one moans. If he gives a foul and doesn't book him again, no one moans. The only decision he could have gave, gave that, that actually caused some controversy is booking him. I said, if he gave a foul and and didn't book him, no one would even be talking about it. Even if they went on to score from it, you wouldn't be going, oh, it was a ridiculous free kick, blah, blah, blah. You'd just be like, oh, it is what it is. I think the only controversial decision there was was the one he gave. Well, let's go to the second yellow that obviously made it the red card. Um, The second one for you? Um, I, I actually, this is the only clip of the game I've seen. I saw it on Twitter this morning. And in the ground... As soon as he made that tackle, I said to my mate, he's off. And they even played on for a few seconds before. 
and that surprised me because with a, if you're going to send someone off there's no advantage you have to blow the whistle and send them off then because imagine you played the advantage and then that player goes on and scores and then he shouldn't be on the pitch so you've got to send him off after he scored after he's made a huge impact in the game mm-hmm. so when they did play on for that two or three seconds I, I went I said oh, I should be off oh he's got away with that and then obviously Oliver blew up and sent him off having seen it back it's another one I don't think it's a booking I'm not even sure if he touched him but I can only on on first time seeing it the way the challenge was I, I knew he was going to get booked question on that one though uh, if Leicester continued playing if hypothetically they had a score to goal would he have come back to that yellow you think they're not allowed to no they're not allowed to play advantage at all mm. that's what I'm saying because as I said imagine that Leicester player goes down the left crosses it Leno catches it they roll it out and somehow make the Niles scores like for us yeah and the ref then has basically got to send him off but he should have been sent off a minute ago when he made the challenge so the rule has always been if you're going to send them off whether it be a straight red or 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 a second yellow um, even a, a single yellow actually they're they're changing the rules next year to that you can take a quick free kick and the ref can come back and book them. But if it's going to be a second booking or a red card, they have to. There's no advantage, no carry on. It's the game stops and you get your card. It's a um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, have to deal with it straight away. Yeah, yeah. With a, with a red, with a yellow, as I said, you can play advantage and come back and book them. Play advantage. Uh, Nick, was that that warrant a red card for you? The second challenge? No. Not not in not on any day. Wasn't a red card. Wasn't a second yellow rather. Because mm. Niles didn't touch Madison. Madison actually was play acting, like rolling over, holding his leg. Never, never a yellow card. You know. And uh, the, what was controversial about that is play continued for like maybe twenty, fifteen seconds, ten seconds, whatever it was. And then he re- it's like he remembered, and then he stopped play, and then it was just it was a mess. You know what I mean? But never a second yellow card. Never. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I agree. It, I don't think he should have owned any of the yellows for me. I think it, ugh, just think it was a very poor referee decision. But on both of them, I don't think mate on Noel should have been sent off at all. For I, I, yeah, and I, I look back at both of them before recording and. I just can't say anything any of them. As I said, it's one of them. If they're, if they're both yellow card tackles, then you look at even that game and both teams get three or four players sent off. And then I, I, I got home in time. I missed the City game, but Leicester's quite close to me. So I got home in time for the Chelsea United game. Yep. And I was watching that, obviously, with the Maitland-Niles red card in mind. And I, I think they would have finished with just the keepers on the pitch. If, if yeah. they're both yellow cards, then... Yeah, I agree. Like, we would have just been watching De Gea versus Aspil- uh, Arisa Belaga. Yeah, I actually watched that game as well, yeah. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, I was about to say I also agree with him. Because even the there was a tackle on, on Shaka, Ndidi. Ndidi tackled Shaka like he went over the ball onto his shin and he was just given a yellow. That should have, if that if now was a sent off, that should have been a red. Because that was more dangerous than than what, um, what Niles did by far. Mm. So, very inconsistent in my book. It was. Um, oh, Tony, these fucking games are just rolling into one another. I can't remember what how, <laughs> what game was what. <laughs> I think it was the Wolves game I said that was the, fir- the probably the worst half of football that I've seen from Arsenal. But, geez, this one wasn't far behind it, the first half. Yeah, I mean, 
the worry with this is even when we had 11 men, I think in the first 20 minutes we completed 21 passes or something stupid. Like, what the hell is that? We, we, and for someone who does adjust so much, Emery should have seen within five minutes that they were massively overloading the midfield. They, they had four bodies in there to R2. Xhaka and Torreira didn't know if they were coming or going. Mickey and Awobi were obviously told to stay wide. It was just an absolute mess and, and absolutely nothing was done. We go down to 10 men and still nothing changed. He just played Mickey right back for the remainder of the first half. It was, I mean, God knows how we created two chances because we were massively overplayed in the middle. We barely had the ball. When we did have it, we couldn't pass to each other. It, it was just one of them where, barring one player, I could blame absolutely everyone for the defeat. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it was it was shocking. I actually shared a stat with you earlier, and you said you you did so yesterday. Um, I'm just trying to dig it up on Mikatarian. I think it was basically zero tackles, zero zero chances created, zero yeah. tackles, zero dribbles, something like that. Zero crosses, 73 minutes played, and I said to you, I said, I said it's, it's, "Fuck, that just doesn't seem right, does it?" It's just that's crazy. No, but- it's a strange one with him because he was playing like I've never been a fan, but he was playing really, really well before he got injured. Like honestly, I thought he was our best player for about five games in a row, and and then since then, the last maybe since Watford or whatever we played before Watford, I can't remember. He's been horrendous. Mm. I think he missed the first leg of Napoli through injury, and then he came back against Watford and he was awful. He came on as a sub in the at Napoli and was so so, but I mean the whole game kind of was. Um, yeah, and then he was he was shit again yesterday. Like, I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. You just can't rely on him. No, he's unreliable. And um, if these wages are going up next season, well, I'm happy to say see you later. Just doesn't offer enough. Um, <laughs> Nick, you want to talk us through? So half time we go in the sheds. It's obviously nil nil. We're thinking, yeah, okay, we can come out and make something of this. We're obviously we're down to ten men, but hey, <laughs> we're, we're still in it, aren't we? So, um, but then that first goal from Leicester, mate, that just killed off. Like when I was watching, I literally knew it's over. Like when Tillemans got in behind Shaka and our back line, I just knew it was over. And if I watched it back a number of times, Shaka is so not to get on his back too much but he's so sleepy sometimes, you know, like he, he's got no awareness because Tillemans just peeled off him like slowly. And then he was, he was just standing, he was ball watching and boom, it just went in, you know? And then Socrates was like bending down because I think he saw the run, the run late and then it just was a go. And that I knew this is it because this season we haven't been, as good as coming back from behind as we've been in the past, like under Wenger, you know? So when that happened, I just knew it's over. It's a wrap, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was it, basically. And then, as usual, we capitulated after that, you know? Yeah, we went to shit. And um, went no, to shit, we yeah. We went to absolute shit, mate. Uh, Tony, you, you agree with that, mate? Yeah, so I mean... Yeah, Jack had let him go. First of all, Madison shouldn't have that amount of space. We know he's their most creative player. I saw a stat the other day. I'm not sure if it's true. I think he's the most created the most chances in Europe this season, which 
is no, crazy. I, considering I, that. That. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah, so, I mean, giving him that time on the edge of the box is, is criminal. It's, it's a great delivery, but but Xhaka's asleep and also Koscielny's positioning is very, very questionable. Uh, like, it's just one of them goals where, I mean, I've said this before, people like to blame one person for a goal. Mm. And it's very rare that that's the case. I mean, look, Jackers is probably the biggest mistake, but there's just it's a catalogue of errors with that. Um, okay, there was a couple of subs made. Eddie came on, Lacazette went off. Uh, Gwendozi came on, Mikatarian went off, seventy third, seventy ninth minute. Um, was there, there was one more sub. Oh, that was just at the start of the half. Um, Wobi went off. Um, you make of that them them that, you know one nil down. I was a little bit. Yeah, why are we sending and bringing Eddie on and taking like I said off? I got the Gwendozi sub, Tony, but not not that other one. Yeah, I think everyone look at that stage. A point was the the most vital thing because it's very very unlikely to come down to goal difference, and so so go for it. And I mean, in, what happened in the end is we tried to go for it with less attackers and ended up conceded anyway. But so I think everyone was. I don't know who is expecting to go off, but we saw Eddie getting stripped and ready to come on, and everyone was just expecting it to be the the, the free up top because you've got to try and get back in the game. I mean, and if you're going to liken them to players, you'd say Eddie is more like. Bamiang and Lacazette in terms of he's, he's a bit quicker he, he runs the channels a little bit more so it seems strange to put two on two players on that are, are most similar I'm not saying they're the same type of players because Eddie does more work off the ball and, and, and will take on defenders out wide and Bamiang's more of a poacher but it did seem a really strange one mm-hmm. uh, you want to talk us through the Vardy goal we've got two of them there so yeah I mean the first one was weird because they took the free kick short and the ref stopped them and I don't really know why. And then we switched off, keepers kicked it long. I mean, look, it's horrendous defending. You can't... I mean, it happened to us last season against City as well. I don't care how good or how far a keeper can kick a ball. You should never, ever, ever be one-on-one from a keeper's kick. I, I mean, he's got a bit lucky with it coming off the bar and coming back to him. He probably should have scored the first time on his own. But well, He got the bounce from the keeper, keeper, you know, the momentum for him, wasn't it? But I still, I still agree with you. It's horrendous defending. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. As I said, he's a bit lucky that it, it, come, it could come off the bar and go anywhere else, and it has landed on his head and pretty much an open goal. Mm. Um, but when when we does when we defend that bad, you don't deserve any luck. You don't deserve that to hit the bar and go over. Because as well as Jamie Vardy, everyone in there, not even everyone in the country, everyone in the world knows what Jamie Vardy does, and he's quick and he's going to run in behind every single time the ball is there. Mm. He, he might not get it 15 times, but he'll still make that run the 16th time. So to allow that to happen is just, it's pathetic. There, there's no other word for it. The defending is shambolic. Second one, very similar, wasn't it? No, not similar goal, but just the defending once again. Absolutely fucking disgusting. Yeah, I mean, again, I've not seen, I've not seen it back. So it looked like whoever it was that got wide got in too easy, and and then obviously the square ball, you're never going to catch Vardy, but it it just looked all too easy. Nick, um, one thing I noticed probably in the first twenty minutes of the game, you know, it was still nil nil at this stage, and I've noticed that lately, 
just watching Arsenal, we seem to really struggle defending set pieces. Uh, in the beginning of the season, I saw a stat. We're actually very good. Like, we're not conceding from corners like we used to. We're very, very good. We're compact and everything. But after December, I don't know what happened. You know, everyone keeps saying maybe it was the, the Rob holding going. Everyone's just gone downhill. And then, you know, like, I'll, I just want to highlight on um, the second goal, you know, where it went from a goal kick or a free kick, whatever it was. Yep. Koscielny needs to stop with these acrobatic clearances, whatever it is. Because, you know, against last season, against Atletico Madrid, when Griezmann got in, it was the same, not, not the same, but similar, you know, because he tried to kick it back over his head and then it hit Griezmann and they went forward. Same thing. He, he was in a position to clear the ball, but he tried something acrobatic and it didn't work. His, he didn't stretch far enough. And Vardy was in, you know. And the our our, our defense is just it's, it's it's a mess basically. It needs I've I've said for some time now that Koscielny is suspect, you know. And um, it doesn't matter who the only defender who I can back in our defense is uh, Socrates, but he needs a proper partner next to him, you know. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. In, in my opinion, because he, he's he's the only one who does like tries to defend properly, you know. But his other centre backs always let him down. That's how I look at it, you know. And we need to stop always trying to catch people offside if we can't do it properly. Because the, the last goal, the third goal, Gwendozi actually thought Tillemans was offside, you know, and he wasn't offside, you know. It, Mustafi was playing him on or something. You know, it's, it's just a mess. Don't do things if you can't do it properly. You know, that's what I'll say about that. Yeah. And I'll defend it. Big mess, big mess, mate. Um, I don't know, Tony, do you notice on set pieces we seem to struggle a little bit or am I just, am I just you know, thinking that I'm saying something wrong? I don't know what we're conceding off set pieces, but we just always seem a bit like we are struggling off set pieces. We, we conceded our first goal of the season from a corner against Crystal Palace and then conceded one again against Wolves. But I still say two for the season is very low. Uh, I mean, yesterday, I don't think they had a chance from any set pieces, I don't think. I think, actually, Leno made a good save in the first half, if I remember it was wrong. Yeah, that was off the corner, wasn't it? Yeah. Right in front of me. Yeah. Um, Okay, I know this is going to be hard, Tony, but there's no man of the match, surely to Christ. Um, Well, no, it's not hard. We had one standout player. Leno was our best player by... An absolute distance. <laughs> when I heard that L word, I thought, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, sorry. Yeah, like as it was. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Leno was good. I, I did. That was, he was, yeah, it's hard to disagree with that one. Uh, your worst? Uh, I don't think he was the worst, but when a player gets sent off after 20 something minutes or whatever it was, that effectively cost you the game. So, I think he was hard done by. I don't think he played bad while he was on the pitch, but the, you could put one of the main reasons we lose it down the game being down to ten men. So mm. I think if you were rating performances, you've got to put Maitland Niles at Maitland Niles at the lowest. I don't actually think he played bad, but it is, it is what it is. Are we starting to see that Maitland Niles' right back position? We're we're in desperate need of a right back. Uh, Bellerin's gone. He's obviously injured. 
next season. Uh, no, I don't think summer. so. As I no, said, I don't, I don't think, think he played so. bad. I don't think he'd done anything wrong. It was just, as I said, if you go down to 10 men, then then that, that person is the guy that's gone to put you down to 10 men. Mm. I mean, I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at Craig's ratings. And, and the other obvious choice is the one you bring up. Mikatarian was the worst player. There's no doubt about Well, for me, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. But... but You've got to go. The bloke got the red card, unfortunately. When, when you were down to 10 men for 65 minutes or whatever it was, that is the biggest factor on the game. And as I said, I don't think he should have been sent off. I think he was unlucky. And it's not a reflection on his performance. But him not being there is a huge reflection on what happened. Hmm. Nick, your best and worst, mate? Uh, Leno was my best player, without a doubt. Um, my worst was Mkhitaryan. Uh, because you see, uh, Niles was because of his discipline, like he was very indisciplined to do what he was doing, but he, he went off quite all right. But Mikitarian is what should be one of the leaders in this team, you know, like he should be one of the people who take the game by the scruff of the neck, you know, but he just wasn't doing anything. You know what I mean? Like he was, he's just been, he's been awful, you know, and to be honest, United and Arsenal did a number on each other. So for me, my best was Leno because it should have been 7-0 or 8-0 if it wasn't for Leno. And my worst is Mkhitaryan, without a doubt. It was unfortunate for Niles, but Mkhitaryan, without a doubt. I've got to try and go something fucking different. Otherwise, this is going to start being very fucking boring. Um, my worst was El Nanny just because we lost and he's sitting on the bench. <laughs> fuck all. So I'm going to go with <laughs> um, My best, I'll go... Oh, should I say Granite? <laughs> no, he was poor. I thought he was poor yesterday, to be honest. I can't say Granite. Jeez, but I did see him copping some fucking slack on Twitter. I thought, Mikatarian, you don't even... I don't know if they just they, they can't spell his name on fucking Twitter or what the go is, but he, he didn't seem... Cop any slack, Tony. I did same hammer and granite again. It's just one of them things that we've got the usual victims, and and Mustafi's always going to be blamed for shit, whether he deserves it or not. Granite is, and look, let's be honest. Had had Ozil played yesterday, it would all be his fault, and we all know that. Yeah. So it's just you kind of kind of have to ignore the opinions on Twitter because it's like premeditated. You can say before the game what certain people are going to are going to say, regardless. Do you want to read out uh, before we get a few questions? Um, Craig's ratings, clockend.blogspot.com. Clockend talk. Um, talk. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so he, he gave Leno Man of a match with an eight. Um, yeah, nice. Mikatarian got a three, who was the worst, and there was a lot of 4.5s and fives. Abamyang and Lacazette both got 4.5. He must have been listening. <laughs> um, uh, he gave Emery a six, which for me is very surprising. Okay. What would you rate, Emery? I mean, I haven't thought about it to put a number on it, and I think the starting lineup was, as I said, not too bad. But as soon as you see Leicester are massively outnumbering us in midfield, you've got to change something. Um, even if he went with the with an extra body in midfield, and like if he dropped Mickey in and said to Iwobi players, attempt to get the whip for a bit because they're killing us through the middle. Um, but he just nothing, no adjustment. Even the sub at half time was not like for like, but he just moved someone in to go at right back went flat free in midfield and and the two up top, but then there was no width and no connection between the midfield and the attack. Um, 
the, the subs we've spoke about were baffling. I mean, I think he came out after the game. I've seen a quote on Twitter, so it could be completely made up. And or he said earlier in the season, we wanted we came out and we wanted to control games with possession and, and penetration and tempo. While we had ten men, we had something like twelve or eighteen percent possession. That's for a club like Arsenal, that's not acceptable. If you're Atletico Madrid, you probably go, yeah, all right, because they they fancy they're not going to concede and they'll hit you on the break. But this is what I go, I've been moaning about all season. How do we play? Because well, we don't know. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not comparing him to Wenger, but there is no way a Wenger team has 18% possession because you know what his style is and how he wants to play. With us, I don't know if that was just us playing shit or if Emery's come out and said, oh, no, today we're going to sit on the back foot, we don't want the ball, and then we're going to try and hit him on the break. It's baffling to me that we don't have, what, nearly a year in now, we're five games off him being a year in, and we don't know how we play, who our best players are, I mean, who our best 11 is, what our best system is, what our best strategy is in terms of how we're going to win games. I mean, we score all of the majority of our goals from Klesanac getting in on the overlap. We were so outnumbered in the middle yesterday that he didn't get forward. I think he overlapped once in the whole game. I mean, it was, it was laughable. I, literally, I was watching that yesterday thinking, I don't know who I'm watching. There's no identity there. That's hard. Very hard to disagree with you, Mike. Very hard. I just looking at some stats. Uh, so yeah, ball possession thirty three percent. Total shots were six, but one on target. So you, yeah, I mean, and that was Iwobi is essentially a back pass. Yeah, that's what I mean. You probably and he should have scored. To be honest, that's the thing. We played terrible, and and I've not seen it again. But Lacazette's chance looked very, very good, um, and and Iwobi should have scored. So maybe look, he Emery could come out and say, yeah, we wanted to have. 10% possession and hit them on the break and maybe we should have done because we've missed two very very good chances and that's a fair argument but then as said how can players grow like that if they're playing basically park the bus one week next week you're, you're going all out of attack and you're going to try and beat Brighton 5-0 then you've got Valencia in between What you? I know there's room for flexibility but you can't be that far apart like no team no team are going to be able to park the bus 10 men behind the ball one week and have 18% of the ball and then a week later expect to have 75% of it That's, mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen like that and people might say oh the players are professionals they're on X amount per week they should be able to do it but that's not how life works it's not because you earn a certain amount of money you can just flip the switch and be a completely different person or play in a completely different style three or four days later my problem is here is with you know and, and if you didn't watch the game and you're looking at stats you'd think we're playing Manchester City they had 24 total shots, 12 of them on target. <laughs> uh, 515 passes, accurate passes for Leicester, 188 for Arsenal. Yeah, I think at the time of the sending off, it was 250-something for them and 90 to us. Yeah. So look, having 10 men changed the game, and obviously it was nil-nil at the time. But again, is that Arsenal? Is that how, is that how people that's want Arsenal to play? That's not Arsenal. No, no way in the world. That's, I don't know who this team is. I, I, I have no fucking clue, and I don't think many of us do. But we I, don't, no, I don't even know if he's seen us lose two games in a row and he shit himself and thought we've got to change something. But for me, I, I, if that's what is what happened, I don't like that because you've got to have conviction in your style. If Guardiola, look, Guardiola went out against Tottenham on the Wednesday, played them on the Saturday in the league, 
and and went and put a stronger team or a strong team out, more attackers going for it more, even though they scored five goals against them. And I know they only scored one, it became an edgy game. Mm. But he didn't, it's not like he's gone, oh, these are dangerous, let's completely change everything. I think for me as, as a manager, you've got to have conviction. If you believe that that's how you play best, yeah, you make slight changes and tweaks because you have to cater for who you're playing against. And that was the thing I think he didn't do yesterday because Leicester played so narrow and we didn't. So I feel he didn't cater for what was playing against. And he also changed his own philosophy, whatever that is. Whatever but, that is, yeah. Yeah, but whatever his philosophy is, isn't what we saw yesterday because we've never seen that before. That's the first time we've seen that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm, I'm just fucking blown away. Like, and even looking at them stats, I didn't realise it was that bad. I'm like, Jesus. Um, Nick, you got anything to add on all that, mate? Um, to be honest, I also don't know what Emery's trying to play at. Because, you know, if you look at, for example, you look at Klopp, when he went in at Liverpool, he had a plan on how he wants the team to play, you know. And in as much as everyone was giving him stick, you know, like, no, the defense is bad. Why are you always trying to attack? Why are you trying to make the players run so much? He had a plan. And look at where it's got Liverpool now. Emery is always trying to change things. Every week he's trying to change things, you know. But I don't know if it's about the personnel he has that he's trying to work with. I don't get it. But we need to stick to one style of playing. Because even under Wenger, we were a possession team. We would pass the ball around. No matter who we're playing, even if we're playing Barcelona, we would never, ever play how we played against Leicester. We would always set up as Arsenal and play as Arsenal. Yesterday, uh, yesterday's game, I don't know what what we're, I don't know what we're playing at, you know, because we're not touching the ball, trying to hit them on the break. But Leicester City should not outplay Arsenal like that, never ever, not in a million years, you know. And I just think he needs to find out what he needs to do and stick with it. Like Tony said, make a few changes here and there, you know, but don't don't try and do too much, you know. Show show your tactician skills or something don't do that just stick with a simple thing you know and build on it you know that's what I think mm-hmm. if anybody who I don't know who's followed Emery over at Valencia Sevilla PSG can you can you just at me and tell me has he always been like this is this his, is this the way he is when he does it when he was coaching them week in week out or is this just a new thing at Arsenal because well, Byron, Byron PSG has never had great away form. I think he went a whole season without a win away at Sevilla. Um, but he won the Europa League in the same year. So that's the headline we get over here or as Arsenal fans because we want to be positive. Yep. We go, oh, yeah, he won the Europa League three times in a row. The, the flip side of that is I, I don't think they've done too well in the league that year. And also, uh, yeah, they didn't win away. Okay. Because I'm, I'm starting to wonder, is he tinkering around so much because we're looking at our team and we're going, look, um, and look, we'll follow them and, you know, we'll follow these Arsenal players off a fucking cliff because that's just who we are. But is he looking at this team and going, a Mustafi's not up to scratch for my style of football? Is a, you know, are these players just not capable to produce for him? Well, yeah, but I mean, the thing is with that, for you, it's May tomorrow. For us, it's two more days. He got appointed in June. Is it 10 months in? Come on. Mm. Like, okay, then Bellas might not be good enough to play the way he wants to play, but you can't 
all these changes 10 months in, you should have known that by, I'll be generous and say Christmas. Mm. I, I don't even think it should take till Christmas because you play so many games. You've had the European competitions. You're with them day in, day out. He's famed for being this master tactician who shows everyone videos and a great analysis. But I'll be nice and say you should by Christmas know your system, your style, who your or two systems, two styles, who your best eleven are, and who your changes you make for them for certain games. Like you might not want to play Ozil at tough away game, so you go. Usually my best eleven is this, but in this situation, Ozil, for example, isn't the best, and we'll put Mickey in or Iwobi in, and or Bamiang's not suited to this game because we're not going to have much or whatever it is. But you should have your two or three plans in place. I, look, right, being in yeah. May, by the time we next play, and not having a clue, for me is, I don't want to say not acceptable, but it's not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, right, uh, let's get into... Oh, look, just quickly, Tony. I did see... What's that fucking clown's name? That, uh, he, he tweeted about get rid of the whole defence. <laughs> I can't remember it was now. But anyway, um, your thoughts, you know, like come in the summer, we've often said we need a winger. We've often said we need a centre-back, uh, Mustafi, things like that. Where are, what, are you continually changing your mind every week or are you sticking to what we've been saying? Well, I said last season, until the defensive system's right, we're going to struggle. I don't look one. If we get one world-class centre back, whoever that may be, it may slightly change things, but it's not going to completely make everyone else be able to defend or not fall asleep. A lot of our errors are through stupidity. I mean, it's one of the things you go, "Oh, wait till he's got his own players." Why did he take the job? Hmm. Did he think we were going to sign eleven players in the summer? Like, oh yeah, he can't play his own system. Well, then don't take the job. Simple. If that's if that's your excuse, then job's not for you. And I know he's not said that, yeah. and he never would say that. But yeah, look, for me, the defence is a massive issue. But we're just not set up to defend. I mean, yesterday the other thing, and I actually thought he had quite a good game. But we went to a flat three in midfield, and Torreira was the one that's pushing on more, and Mickey and Granite sat deeper. Mm. What? Like, uh, what's going on there? No, and as I said, that's not a dig at Torreira because I thought he was our best outfield player just through sheer effort. And I'm not one of them that usually just rewards effort, but he seemed like the only one that was trying to bridge the gap between the, the midfield and the, and the attackers. But, mm, I know, yeah. I, I know, look, and I know you're not like me, and I'm not sure about Nick, but I'm not Emery out yet, okay? Right, we've lost three in a row and we've probably bottled the fucking top four here. But, okay, we're still on a chance he wrote blue. The last three losses, though, I have to ask, are you um, blaming them three losses on Emery or do you think a little bit on the players as well? Look, there's, there's joint blame with everything. As, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm never one that really blames one player for a goal unless it's an absolute howler. And, and the same with these performances. Has it, He's got some massive things wrong. Palace, he got the selection completely wrong. He tried to be, He tried to nick a cheap win. Uh, Wolves for me he got the formation as wrong as you could possibly get it and as I said yesterday I think his team was good uh, I just think he didn't react which he usually does as I said even at half time when he was forced to make a sub he didn't really change anything um, so, so you're look, he takes, a, he takes a lot of blame yeah. but then you've also got Leno making two horrendous mistakes really against Wolves the players were out and out shit in both of them games 
Wolves and um, Leicester. Mm. So for me, the, the largest portion of the blame is on Emery for these for getting zero points out of the last three games. But I wouldn't say it's 100% Emery's fault. Okay. And what about your, you, Nick? Your thoughts on that? Um, I wouldn't blame... I blame him to a certain extent, like uh, Tony said in the Crystal Palace game. He tried to he tried to he underestimated our opposition. You know, that was his mistake. But I would like to uh, I, I blame the players because you can see when players are fighting. You know what I mean? You can see passion when players are even if they lose. You can tell they tried. But a lot of a lot of the players we have. Have, are not trying, man. You know what I mean? They're not trying. They just, even like yesterday, there was a ball that came in from the left when we were defending. Everyone was leaving it for everyone. Shaka left it for Socrates. Socrates was leaving it for, I think, Niles. You know, everyone was just watching each other. And then a Leicester player just went in and got it. You know, certain things you can't blame Emery for that. Like the second goal and the third goal. You can't blame him. He sets them up and people just end up bullying us, you know? But. From what I've seen with past Emory teams, that's going back to your question about the summer, like backing him in the summer. Emory likes to play through, like with PSG, he likes to play through the middle. The ball goes to Verratti, Verratti plays it, you know, like through the middle and then they transition to the the front. Arsenal have no one who can carry the ball. Apart from Torreira, he tries at least to carry the ball, you know. Even against Watford. Watford were a man down, but Ducore bossed the midfield, you know, like because he's a ball carrier. We have no one who can carry the ball, like totally. Shaka just gets the ball. As soon as he gets it, he passes it. You know, he passes it wherever he, wherever he's facing. He just passes it back or he well, turns. Well, he's moving. It. He's trying to move it forward, isn't he? he he's trying to really, move it forward. Really, you know, he, the thing is, let me give you an example. Let me give you a scenario. We had a worse back four, like we had worse centre-backs when we had Fabregas, Nasri and Leb in our midfield. We had worse defenders. We had Skilachi and whoever, you know, we had worse defenders. But now, with our back four, there's so much pressure on them, and this is my opinion, because whenever the ball goes into the midfield, the midfielders are either playing it sideways or playing it back to our centre-backs. Okay, and then the teams and teams have known how to play against us now, because all they do is just put pressure, and we're, we're, we don't have midfielders who can get out of a tight spot. When 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 Shaka is just hounded by two two players, you know the ball's gone definitely. Ozil, you know the ball's gone, you know. But with a Cazola, you can have three players on him, and it's very very rare he'll lose the ball. That's where I think our problem is, you know. And I think until we sort that out. We can blame the centre-backs. We can blame... Em- we need to get in some people who can carry the ball. Even with Sevilla, he had Benega. PSG, he had Verratti. At Valencia, he had different guys who could carry the ball. The only guy in Arsenal who can carry the ball is Iwobi. And he's shit. When he gets... When he's... When he's, he, it reaches the focal point, he doesn't know what to do with the ball. You know what I mean? So I think we need to get in some ball carries and take some pressure off the defense, you know? Because I watched the Man City game and they they didn't have a defensive midfielder. Gundogan was playing the deep-lying playmaker 
And he was he wasn't he's not sloppy on the ball. He gets the ball, he dribbles, he knows where he's passing the ball. You know? The only person who does it for us is Kolasinek, and he's not good enough. You know, that's what I think. Mm, anything that on that Tony before we get to some questions? Uh, I mean, I, I disagree with a lot of it. I don't think a, a ball carrier is essential. Um, look, a pass, a pass is always going to move quicker than a person. So if someone drags, if if you do have two men on a person, and I think you've dug out Ozil completely unnecessarily there because I think he's our best player under pressure. Um, but if you've got two people, two say two people are closing in on Xhaka, for example, and I agree, he's probably our worst player under pressure. But if he passes that ball through to someone, there's going to be someone spare because he's got two men on him. And the ball will always move quicker than Xhaka or Usain Bolt can ever run. The ball is faster than the person. I mean, it's obvious to everyone. So I don't think a ball player is essential. Yeah, they look good. And and look, don't get me wrong, when we look at highlights of Cazorla, who was unbelievable in a tight space, I think Jamie read that once, said you wouldn't get the ball off him in the phone box. So that's what you see on the highlights. His best aspect was his passing because he could pass off both feet. So when them two players pressured him, he could nick the ball around the corner. He could go. He could basically play 360 because he could use both feet. I just think a ball carrier is attractive on the eye, but not so much. I don't think there is a central effort. Like, give me a PLO over a ball carrier any day of the week. Yeah. I, I or just... Xavi Alonso. Look at the best players in history that played that deep role. Or not in history, let's say the last 10 years. You bring up a Verratti or, or a Gundogan, but probably the two names or three names that come to mind, Xavi, PLO, Xavi Alonso, all go, all go down as legends of the game. None of them could run. Mm-hmm. I look can I can I add something? Yeah, go for it, mate. Yeah. Maybe the way I said it was wrong, but what we're working with, apart from like I said, apart from Torreira, right now in our team. Okay, you see, you mentioned uh, Javi, Javi Alonso, and Pirlo. These are guys who are not sloppy in position, and it's been I don't know how long. Apart from Ozil and Mkhitaryan, when he when he hit form for those five games. We have not had a player who can, like the, the passes you're talking about, like Xabi Alonso would pick out Torres when he was playing for Liverpool from the, from the center. You know, like you would pick him out and Torres would make a run. We don't have that right now. You know, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, but we also like don't Xabi. have a ball carrier, which dis- disrupts your point. You can't say, oh, because Xhaka's is a worse passer than Xabi Alonso, everyone should start being a ball carrier. You're, you're killing your argument in the same sentence you're making your argument. You're saying, oh, we don't have that passer, so we should have that ball carrier, but we don't have that either. So would you want people just to start being ball carriers even though they can't do it? I, I would no, rather not... Jack to do what he can do. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you've got a point there. You've got a point there. Okay, um, we'll get into some questions. Uh, just going through them now. You can get your questions at and underscore talk. On Twitter, I was just going to add quickly. I I I, I want to keep moving on, but I was just going to add quickly though. Um, Jorginho, for example, at Chelsea, once they shut him down, that shuts Chelsea down, and that would be my problem. You know, it being also if you, I, I see what you're saying. Like you, you know, they gang up on Granite and he can't keep the ball and things like that. But I, I yeah I, I I don't think that for me is the problem. Um, and as Tony said, I, I much prefer a player who can pass a ball because a ball's going to get get there quicker, more so than uh, a ball runner. So, but anyway, um, I just uh, bend it like 
Bendy like Ben. Uh, I just struggle with this every week. You played for us for like 10 years. I struggle with it every time. <laughs> um, think the game was gone after our chances got wasted time after time, and then the red red card said it all. Uh, spirit isn't there. Uh, do you think the board and Emery's having the same thoughts as the fans with the rebuild this summer? Now, when he knows that he can't trust six or nine players. Nick also said that, uh, well, Nick, you said something similar, like you think the the players aren't trying. Like, I I have to disagree. I I just can't. I I see what you're saying, and I I totally understand the the frustration in everybody, like the the players aren't trying. But I just, the players aren't going to go on the field and go, oh, we're not going to try today, boys. Um, I unless unless it's a case like Chelsea had when they want uh, Mourinho out, you know, and they just basically what well, they get third for that year in the league, and I could nearly say they didn't try Tony, but I, I can't imagine the Arsenal players aren't trying. Um, for me, it's it's not a case of not trying. It's a it's a it's a mixture of no confidence. As soon as we go one nil down, they they basically we're fucked. And also, I think genuinely they are confused at times. They don't know what they're meant to be doing. Mm, too many instructions. Too much change. Look again, people are always going to go on about oh for three hundred grand a week I'll be a fucking lion if you want me to. But go to your job and do a different role every day and see how good you are at it. You might find one role you're really good at. But then you become the receptionist the next day and you ain't got a fucking clue. You can't answer the phone. Mm. So, and if I paid you 300 grand a week, it would make you a better receptionist. You would learn. But if then by the time you're half getting good at being a receptionist, you now have to go and be the cleaner, things change again. And I, I, you know, I always hate this argument where money comes into it, but it is the argument people use. Oh, yeah, but he's on this. He should be able to do it. Why? Mm. Money ain't going to make you better at any job. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. I agree. Exactly. Um, now, uh, do you think the board and Emery's having the same thoughts? I'll just add quickly, I, I honestly would think the board are sitting there going, hey, yeah, we've lost three in a, three in a row, but we're still in the chance of Europa League. You know, we're, we're a long way from mid-table or relegation zone. So for me, the board would be thinking, well, hey, he's doing all right. We never set him up to win the league. It's all on aims and expectations, I guess. Mm. We don't know what theirs are. What would they be, though, I wonder? Yeah. I wonder if it was the top four or Europa League, you know. Look, I'd be surprised. As I said with me, and I've said this for a long time now, points and whatnot, we're we're ahead of where I expected us to be. Um, Style, system, ideas, I think we're behind where I expected us to be. So look, they could be looking at either side of them. And if they only wanted someone to come in and challenge for top four straight away, then they'll go, hmm, big tick, he's doing that. Mm. If they looking at someone and they're going, oh, he, we want him to give us the foundations for years to come that go beyond him, then it's a big cross. So it, it is what it is. It, it's all on what metrics they're going for. If they're going for someone that, oh, we didn't really want to give him money and we wanted loads of income to come into the club, Again, another big tick, but mm. ain't that what Wenger got sacked for? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'd like to know what his targets were. 
Um, MWA Gunny in a week. We've bottled third and fourth. It was easier to get top four than to win Europa League, but we've ruined it. Surely if we lose to Valencia, Emery has has a no excuse playing against Spanish opposition. Valencia, I just had a sneaky look at them this morning, actually. I think they're not doing that well this year. They're, they're sixth, and, and I don't know if the latter reflects on their performances, but they are sixth. I'll be honest, I haven't watched the Valencia game all season, so um, I, I, I can't really comment you boys. Nick? I've watched uh, early on in the season, I watched like two of their games, two, three of their games. They're quite good, but form-wise, I'd say right now, we're, even though I've lost three games on the bounce, I wouldn't really be scared of them. If we bring, If the players bring their A game, we can beat them. We can definitely beat them. Because I watched the game the weekend, the one they lost. They were, they were not so good. They lost 1-0 and it was a flat performance from them. But if, if we bring our A game, we can beat them, hands down. Would, would, would Valencia beat Crystal Palace, Wolves or Leicester? No, I mean, that doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't matter. But I'm just trying to. I'm just wondering whether. <laughs> what are we putting them on? Are they a Wolves team? Are they a, a, What type of team are they? It's I would, right. I'll put them. I'll call them. I'll. I'll put them. The kind. The kind. Their style of play is kind of like. I wouldn't say Wolves, but they're very. They're very tech, uh, they're very tech technical, you know. Like they're very technical, and if we just if one thing I, I have said about an Arsenal team is, you know, even from our games, I can tell if Arsenal win in the first ten minutes, or if it's going to be a draw, if it's going to be a loss. So if we just start well, start positively, not a, not, not like the way we started against Leicester, we can mm-hmm. beat them definitely. Okay. Were you going to add something on that time? No, I was just going to. Um... I was just going to say about it doesn't matter if they would have beat them or that. It's just, uh, I don't know if you would have heard of a program in England called Soccer AM. And they, they do this thing where oh, yeah, they, have, they have a challenge. They have a challenge at the end of every uh, episode. And the, the guy who's in goal, it's a volley challenge. The guy who's in goal wears, I can't remember the name of it, but it's uh, basically, it's kind of like winner stays on. He wears the shirt of a team. And then when they lose, he wears the keeper shirt of the team that beat them. Hmm. Who, who do you think he is at this moment? So basically, we're at the end of the season. Who do you think, what shirt would he be on? He started with Man City because obviously they won the league last season. So he's got to wear a keeper of another shirt. Of a, of another. So, so obviously, he's worn Man City until they've lost to someone. He's then worn whoever that is until they've lost to someone and so on. Yeah, go on, enlighten me. I don't know. Fulham. Fallen. I'll be fine. I wouldn't think that. Because I know I don't know who. I think we took it off United. Then Everton beat us, and then Fulham beat Everton the week later, and they've won two. And well, they've not lost since then. But that's what I'm saying. It does. That, I mean, like, it's a stupid story, but it just highlights. It doesn't matter. Would they have beat this team? Would they have beat that team? Because we ended up at the end of the season, pretty much, and the team that are 19 for the, the team in possession of that shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Um, Shree says, uh, oh no, Tom said awful, just awful. <laughs> we agree, Tom. Is that, uh, that Tom Wise? <laughs> Shree, Shree Naf says, why are we so inept at picking the tempo of the game midway through a half in, in, in years past, if we're chasing a game, we'd, we'd be camped in the opposition half. Now we struggle to string passes together even while chasing the game too. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. I mean, uh, look, I will say before Mustafi had his Mustafi moment against Palace, I thought we had our foot with what, was it one or at the time we had our foot on the throat, we were controlling everything, controlling the tempo. And then it was a long, I'm not sure if it was a goal kick or just a standard long ball, Benteke flicks it on and and Mustafi falls asleep. But I do, so that, look, that's one occasion going against it. But I do agree, we, we don't control games like we used to. And it's not just the players because even at times when we were shit last season, at times, I'm not saying all the times, we, we controlled the tempo of games. It seems like something that we we don't do as much anymore. Um, we don't play that that fast, interchanging, beautiful football. We have moments, of course we do, but it's not a standard. As I said, it comes with not knowing your style. It, our style might not be to play that fast tempo football. We we still I, I still think we don't know what Emery actually wants. We can all throw our thoughts in there that he wants this, he wants that, but we can't categorically say on what we've seen, this is what this is how Emery wants to play. So while I agree about the tempo question, maybe it's just something he doesn't want to do. Well I mean I'm interested in the summer. Does is does he pick the targets and say, I need this player? But then he did that with, well, we think he did that with uh, Dennis Suarez. And, it looked, well, I didn't even know, apparently he's out injured and whatnot. But prior to that, he played, what, 20 minutes? More than that, but not much more. You know, so I, I was kind of hoping that, OK, Emery's going to select a few targets in the summer and say, I need this one, this one, this one. Then we might start seeing him do what he, whatever this is that he's going to do. I, I don't know what he's going to do, the style or something. We might see something from him, but at the fucking moment, I just think, I, I get this funny feeling that he's, he's going, well, these guys don't, they just can't adapt to what I want them to do, so therefore I'm going to play my plan B because if I do my plan A, we're just going to get flogged week in, week out. I can't even tell you what that plan B is. Though. I know, I know. It's just yeah, that's I look. I I just hope that that's something like that. Like I don't know. I, look. If that was true, we would still play the same way every week. It would just not be his plan A, as you said. Mm. I'm not, and I'm not talking about formation here because you can still whether we again just bring it back to Wenger. And I know the last two years weren't brilliant, but whether you we played a back three, back four the way we played, the style, the identity was still the same. So if you, as you say, Emery was playing his plan B, whether we were playing a back three or back four, the the identity would still be the same, as in the, the DNA is the current phrase in football everyone loves to use. We currently don't have any DNA. Mm. No, we've got nothing. Which, it, look, sometimes is an advantage because it's... it's it's very difficult to stop what you, when you don't know what's going to happen. I think at, at the moment, the only tiny crumb of how Arsenal could play is trying to get Kolasinac on the overlap. 
Yeah, that's about it. That is that's the only yeah that's the only thing I could say. This is what we do. And look, if Bellerin would still be there, then it, it could probably probably would be the same on the well, other he, side. He likes well. to use the flanks. Yeah. Oh yeah, he likes to get the fullbacks in behind overlapping. Mm. And and cutbacks. And cutbacks, yeah. Mm. That's not really a fucking, <laughs> not really a tactic, though, is it? Well, it's not bad for me. It's not enough. Like you have to have. How is that going to happen? How are we going to build this? Where? What are the other players doing? What? Like for me, there's a lot more to it than just. Oh yeah, we're going to somehow get the fullbacks in behind. Or the wing backs if if we're playing a five and, and cut back and, and someone's going to be there. Clayco conservative says uh, Nick is the PL. Now I did read uh, something in Emery's press conference here, so I'll just add it. Uh, is the PL Premier League just more difficult, or have our players been playing at eighty percent speed in the Premier League already for the past few weeks? How is it that we play so much better in the EL recently on Europa League? I thought Napoli would have been a tough match, yet we lose to these lower leagues teams in England. Um, he goes on and says, is it possible that Emery could have bottled the Premier League weeks ago to focus on the Europa League? Um, I and, and I don't know if anybody else caught it, but I caught the... I think it was his press conference at the after the game. And he was talking about, when he was at PSG, that he felt that it was more of a... A tactical league, I think it was, and the, and the Spanish league was more of a uh, um, physical league. And the Premier League, he says, it's tactical and physical. So you've probably got the both. It, it was something along them lines. Of the, I could have it back to front with French and Spanish. And I don't. I'll be honest. I, I don't really know what he was meaning because I'm thinking, well. You're saying that both of them, it's tactical and and um, physical in the Premier League, which I think it's pretty pretty physical, the Premier League. I, I'm not sure about tactical compared to other leagues, but is that... I wonder whether that means he's struggling as well, like, to adapt to it all. So, anyway, Nick? Um, I think... Uh, with the players we have, I think we should, from what I've seen, we're less physical now than we were under under, under Wenger, basically. And it's not what, like Tony said, where we are right now is not where I expected us to be, like tactically and all that stuff. But I think he's focusing from his team sheets and all that, I think he's focusing more on the Europa League now. But... I really, I really think he needs to, in the summer, Emery needs to be ruthless. And also, Emery needs to... The, the key to all this is finding multiple ways of breaking teams down because we only have one at the moment, you know? So I think he's also struggling with the, the Premier League, like adapting to it because... There's nothing like the Premier League. I don't think there's any other league like the Premier League at the moment. So I think he's struggling to adapt to the Premier League. And he needs to he needs to bring in the people he needs to compete. That's what I think he needs to do. Okay. Um, I think we, we... Did we answer all that, Tony? I'm just writing back through. Yeah. 
Did you see yeah, that press but, conference at the end, or are you probably driving home, I suppose? No, no, I didn't see it. The one thing I was just going to say about that question is uh, about why we can beat other teams in the in the Europa League. Are we going a, a, a fuller strength? Are we trying harder, or, or is it more of a 100% application? But you got to remember, we beat Napoli 2-0 at home. We beat United by two goals at home. We beat Chelsea by two goals at home. We beat Tottenham by two goals at home. So it's not anything unusual uh, the one nil away win as I said I think that was just a case of get the first goal when they stopped they, they knew they weren't going to come well they thought they weren't going to come back into it and the game finished um, it's, I, I, I personally think Tottenham away was a better performance than Napoli away even though we got the win at Napoli it, is it a case of we play better against the better teams maybe maybe yeah. even I mean look and again you can't say are we saving 100% for the Europa League because we lost to Barté away. We lost to Ren away quite convincingly against Ren, to be honest. If it had been 4 1, no one would have said anything. So, mm. it's, uh, I, don't, I don't buy the, oh, he's not focused on the league. I mean, because the teams he's putting out tell you that. Yeah, if he wasn't focused, then you play the reserves. Yeah, yeah if he wasn't focused, he, he's focused on it. He would not have started a Bemiang Lacazette yesterday if he thought, ah, uh, Fuck it, we're not going to worry about this game. We're just going to cruise through. Uh, we've got to save the boys up for, for Valencia. He, he, he wouldn't have put a Bemiang like he said. He wouldn't have put Granite out. He wouldn't have put Torreira out. Uh, he would have played El Nanny, I'd imagine, probably. Um, yeah, who else was there? Willock, he was there on the bench, wasn't he? Who else was available? Trying to struggle who's fit. Yeah, no, but I mean, your, your point remains the same. It, he, if he wasn't focused on it, it's, it's interesting because I, I tweeted last night after the United game that that result, we don't deserve to have any hope of getting top four, to be honest, the way we've played. But that result was the best result possible. And I, I don't think, we, if we get six points, I think we get Champions League, to be honest. I was actually I think thinking, no, I was actually thinking, I didn't speak to you after that game because it was like three o'clock in the morning here or something. But I was thinking that at the end after watching that game, and I thought, I was trying to do the maths in my head. I'm, and... You know, we draw, we drew, so they get they drew, so they get one point each. And but would you nearly have preferred Manchester United win that game? Because I was starting to think that might have been the better outcome. No, for us, in terms of if we are to get top four, that was the best possible result. No. United won't lose. United will get six points now. They've got Cardiff and Huddersfield. Chelsea are obviously above us, but they can't afford. If we get six points, they have to get six points as well, and. They've got Watford and Leicester. Watford home, Leicester away. Mm. Not easy. Not easy by a long stretch. Uh, as I said, I, I think six points and we, and we get it, to be honest. Okay. Chelsea are two in front of us, though. Yeah, but they're one goal better off. So if they draw and we win, the goal difference has to be taken oh, over. Okay. Yeah. They have to drop a point anyway, because if yeah. they win, they're both their games. They've got it. They've got so, it, yep. So the goal difference is plus one on us, but if they draw and we win, we're at least plus one. So, so we're at least level. I think our goal scored about. They so must be because our defended shite. Yeah. So yeah. So we're all going to be fucking hanging to watch either Watford or Leicester. Jeez, I hope fucking Watford beat them. But Watford. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Watford's at home, but that could be so by this time next week we could have played Valencia and, and whatever happened happened mm. and played Brighton and um, whatever 
if they of if Chelsea do drop points, we could be sitting here in fourth this time next week mm. after slagging us off monumentally this week, which they <laughs> we deserve to be slagged off. I'm not criticising yeah. us because yeah. I wouldn't have said it, but. Uh, by the time we record next week, we could comfortably be sitting in fourth. It'd be interesting to see what team Chelsea put out against Frankfurt. I don't go full strength. Yeah, he'll go full strength, won't he? Yeah. Will they back up? Oh, they've got a five-day turnaround, have they? Five, six days. Sunday, my time they play, so that'll be Saturday yours for you. They've got less turnaround than us. No, they can't. They must be. They, we're both playing on Sunday. They've got the same turnaround. Yeah, same turnaround, yeah. So you'll play both full strength both times, both both games. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Well, they got a couple of injuries yesterday as well, and obviously Hudson Odoi's out for what looks like a long time. Mm, so okay. I saw him get injured. I didn't think it was a long term one. Okay. Yeah, right. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang golden boot. Top four for me is dead. Even if we win the Europa League. Would would we get beaten ten two in each league by Bayern in the Champions League this year? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> we don't want to talk about we don't want to talk about that, do we? <laughs> um, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang Golden Boot. At what point do you really lay the blame on Emery? The formation selection was okay in both wars unless the game, but then he has to get the defence right. I'm still pro Emery. But then he doesn't improve into 90-20. He may have to go. Uh, look, uh, I'm hearing what you're saying, man, but who else do you play on the in the back line there yesterday? What, Mafropanus? He's rolled him out again? I, I, any other, look, if we weren't going on to a three-game losing streak, for me, the two centre-backs that we played yesterday were, were, were the best we've got. Holding's injured, obviously, so we can't add him into the mix. And what do you got, Mavropanis? And um, who else we got there? Let's say Kashani was on the bench. So yeah, Kashani. But for me, I think that's the two best centre backs we've got in the time. You boy, you boys might disagree though. You might argument for Kashani, obviously. But Mafropanus, like, has he done much? Uh, I said, like, his selection in terms of the, the 11 names on the pitch wasn't scandalous yesterday. No. Nah. I, uh, I think Mavropanos still, still needs time to, to get up to speed with the... Because uh, what, 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 what uh, game was that? There was a game where he came on. And well, he, he was, game. I think it was against, he yeah, against, I think against, it was against Napoli. I think it was Napoli in the second leg. No, and he, 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 it wasn't? He, no, he can't play in the Europa League. He's not registered. It was, it was either the Watford somebody. game he was bad and got dragged, and Palace game he was bad and got, he got, but he wasn't bad. He got booked very early on and got dragged at half time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think but, it was, uh, it was a Watford game. Yeah, actually, it was a Watford game. He started, and what, he he was, started at Watford and then he, yeah, as Tony said, and, and Palace, and he got dragged half, at half time for the yellow card. Yeah, he was. He, had, he he's he's a good defender, but he still needs time to get up to speed because he's not he's not yet there. Yeah, well, he's just just, just uh, experience. For me, we loaned the wrong one out when we loaned Chambers out and kept him. Yeah, I agree. Tony, Tony, I wanted to find out: Would you keep Chambers next season, or would you sell him? Um, 
it depends on what other business we do. We're really struggling with homegrown, which so that's going to be a factor, and I think it's going to be a factor with Danny Welbeck as well. Um, I look, I like Chambers, but not as a starter. Is he going to be happy to be playing one in three games and be playing different positions potentially all the time? If he is, then keep him because again, being the, the English, the, the homegrown and whatnot, the the issue is if if we do need money, if we don't have a big transfer budget then he'll probably reach about 20 million and, and getting 20 million for a second or third choice player is going to be very difficult to turn down. So I know I've not really given an answer, but it's going to all depend on, on what the club situation is. Okay. Yeah, I understand. understand. Um, I'll keep rolling through here. MWA Gunner. Oh, Tony, do you think uh, Maitland-Niles red card will be reversed? It can't. Two bookings. Can't be reversed? Uh, only straight reds. Okay. Um, that RC fellow, we were never in this game. Emery should have been making formation changes well before the red card, just so we had a chance to claim back more possession. The team looks so flat and devoid, devoid uh, of any game plan. Having lost four or five, can you reflect on anywhere it's gone wrong? <laughs> oh, fucking thing went wrong, didn't it? Well, it no, obviously I mean, went wrong for Maitland-Niles red card, to be honest. Uh, no, but I agree with... Sorry, I missed who it was that asked uh, the question. That asked the fellow. Yeah, I agree that we should have been making changes before that. They were outnumbering us massively in midfield. They're, they're quite clever because they started three centre midfielders anyway. And then they had... So their formation read a back four. And then Albright and right, Madison left. And Ndidi, uh, Hamza Chowdhury and... Who's the other one in, in the centre mid? Um, what was it? Yeah, I haven't got that, man. Oh, Chilwell. Yeah. So they started like that, but Madison is never going to be a left winger. So Chilwell pushed up to create the whip and Madison tucked in. So now they've got four bodies in the middle against R2. And we didn't react to it at all. We just let them play around us. It was no wonder we couldn't keep the ball or even get the ball. It was, it was 4v2 in the middle every time. It won't be a Mkhitaryan stuck out wide with their... So Mickey was with Chilwell and Iwobi was supposed to be with Pereira, but he's defensively a liability. And then Bamiyang and, and uh, Lacazette were occupying the centre-backs. So it just left Xhaka and Torreira against Tielemans, uh, Chowdhury, Madison and Ndidi. You're never going to win that battle. It's impossible. Mm. So for me, I completely agree with the question. It should have been the sending off is obviously a huge factor, but we should have been, we should have changed something before then. I'm not saying a sub, but as I said, even if you tell uh, Iwobi and, and Mikatarian to go really narrow just for 10 minutes to try and get your ball on, your foot on the ball and, and win some possession back, or if you tell Lacazette to drop 10 yards, so now he plays on Ndidi instead of playing on one of the centre-backs. There, there was, I mean, there's so many options. I could, I could list them all day that I, I think that should have or could have been done. But doing nothing for me was a big surprise, and as I said, I completely agree with the question. That RC follow Just to add on to that. Yeah, go, Nick. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with Tony because in the Leicester game, I was expecting after the first 20 minutes before the sending off, anyone could see like the midfield was very, very, were being like, were, were outnumbered in the midfield. And all the three games we've lost were been outnumbered in the midfield. Wolves were playing, I think, with five in the middle. Palace were playing with more midfielders than us. And in all games, I didn't see any change in the middle. He's changing it at the back, but he's not changing it in the middle. Like he said, make Lacazette drop 
or whatever. And teams know to flood the midfield and they beat us. That's what I can say, just to add on to that. Well, and just to, sorry, just to finish answering that question, what was the big moment of change? It was Aaron Ramsey going off because he was the en- energy that could potentially cover a shortfall of two people because he, he is that fit and he runs that much. It, it's amazing that someone that was deemed not good enough for our team earlier in the season and barely played comes in and we go on a, a great run and we get ourselves back into contention for fourth or the top four, get into Europa League semis after not looking great throughout the whole tournament, to be honest. And then he gets injured again and we all fall apart and no one's pinpointed it. It's obvious. That's a very good point. So, so, yeah, no, look, and just thinking of that now, I never even put that, I never even thought of that, to be honest. I just went, oh, Ramsey's out. But little did anybody think that, fuck, Ramsey's out and we've lost three games in a row. Um, It's also to the point that, like, this is one, I I was arguing this with someone yesterday. For me, if Ramsey plays all season, top four's done already. Yeah. It's criminal that we've let. I agree. Absolutely criminal. And uh, that's what I was going to say. How do, like, we talk about replacing Ramsey. We, we've often said here on the podcast, we are not going to replace a like-for-like like Ramsey. So, I just, fuck, pay the man 300, 300 a week, whatever they fucking offer, whatever he wanted. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. I can uh, I, I would, I would... I'll ask you, Nick, because this is your first show. Tell me, is there a like-for-like Ramsey out there? Because we've struggled to think of one. I don't think there is. Because one thing thing Ramsey brings to our game is energy. That man can, like like, uh, Tony said, he compensates for any, any deficiencies we have in the midfield. He runs and runs and runs till the end of the game. And that's one thing we have missed, actually. Because there's no there's no guy who's in the in, Ramsey will go from the the um, our, our our opponent's box to our box and back. You know he's all over the place, and we've lacked that energy, that extra man running into the box and trying to finish off something. You know we don't have that anymore, and there's no player. Juventus have really done a coup in getting Ramsey for free. I would have actually I know this is the whole Ozil debate and it, it always takes up everything. I would give Ramsey Ozil's wages and keep Ramsey because Ramsey is more of a worker than Ozil, in my opinion. Not to get into an Ozil debate, but I would actually give him similar wages or give the wages to Ramsey because we're falling apart without him. That's just the truth. Yeah, but then yeah. in that case, do you then question the manager for not playing him for the first four months? I was just about to say that. Like, how do you pay him? Bloke when yeah, I would. I, I, I would. I would. I would actually play. I would actually blame Emery for not playing him, because even against Fulham, every game Ramsey has come on this season, he's had an impact. There's been not even one game where he's come on and he hasn't had an impact. He's had an impact in every game. So I would say. And what's funny is when Emery came, he said he wants to build the team around Ramsey. I don't know what happened, but the only problem I have with Ramsey is his fitness. Because he, he usually leaves us when we need him the most, like through injury. But other than that, I don't think there's a midfielder in the world who brings what Ramsey brings. Yeah, it's well, I'd, yeah. Look we've, look, we've grown to see Ramsey the last couple of seasons, but, you know, he hasn't always been as 
what we've seen these the later years of Ramsey at Arsenal more so. Um, you know, at the start he Play, with players things, always but, get better when they're not in the team. Yeah. Because you know it's what you're missing. Mm. You know, it's how fit your girlfriend was after she's got rid of you. You know, it's how good a football player is when he's <laughs> when, when he's not there. Yeah, I know. Um Kernos, he says the sending off changed the game, granted uh, but the defeats like this uh, I think back to that night in reading <laughs> oh, don't, don't do this to us <laughs> which ended Reading, seven, reading yeah, which, which ended 7-5 and other occasion in the past seasons where we least gave, least gave it a go this season under Emery we've just bent over to average teams what's going wrong I don't know. No, we, nobody. I, I, any of you boys? Have you got thought, Tony? There was a Nick? there was a game. Um, sorry, just to cut you off, uh, Tony. There was a game. I remember we played Bolton. Uh, I can't remember the season, but we got a man sent off in that game. I can't remember who, but we had Diaby in our midfield. He was like the main midfielder. We were two 0 down, and we won three two. In that game, the problem is, like the the, the recent game, changing off, changing sending offs don't really kill off a game. Technically, mostly teams will capitulate and lose. But if you structure the team properly, like Emery should have made a plan. Like Watford, they had uh, Dini sent off, but they put it on us, and Watford would have won that game. But Emery did, does not make the necessary changes to to fit the team we're playing against. When when someone gets injured or when when we're a man down or something, he doesn't make the appropriate changes. And that always puts us in a very difficult position, you know? So it goes back to what we were saying about not knowing how we're playing because we don't know how we play and we don't know what to do and what to change to when we're hit with misfortune, you know? So... That's where I think the problem lies. MAA Gunner. So you asked the question I asked earlier. Sorry, mate, I didn't realise. Um, who has cost us more this season, Emery or players? For me, it's 65-35 Emery. Interesting. Nick, you, you give us a percentage, Nick, on players or Emery. Um... I'd go 50-50. Tony? Um, tough, because what, what sways this argument, just to avoid giving an answer for a second, is that when we win, Twitter, if I use Twitter as a whole, wants to put all the praise on Emery. But then when we lose, they want to put it all on the players, just for some reason. Yeah. Um, as I've said the whole time, it, it's got to be equal. So by, by that, thing by that knowledge I'm going to have to go 50-50 just because as I said when we win you've got to give him credit or if we win well or even sometimes when we lose if we've done the right things you've got to say you know what he tried to go about it the right way it's, it's not too bad I remember we lost to Chelsea second game of the season and no one came on here going ah it's bollocks he's got it all wrong said he made the wrong change but he got most of that right and it was just a bad day at the office of the players and, and then there's in other days where the players have done okay but they've just not been given a chance I'm not saying they they done okay against Wolves, but with that setup, they were never given a chance to win. You you couldn't have won with that team. So 
it's got to be 50-50 because on occasions he's made mistakes and given the players no chance and on occasions he's got it right and the players have let him down yeah I yeah I, I see everybody's point but for me we've played 36 games we've won 20 we've drawn 6 and we've lost 10 now I look at them 10 losses and I think jeez how many of them 10 losses do you blame Emery for that probably four or five maybe I know there was a couple of big fuck ups I haven't looked right back through it you know so but then how many of them losses have we yelled out oh, fucking Mustafi you fucked that up again or or, or no but you, you just or... you just proved the point there you've just said four or five which is the the 50% that we've just said of the so losses that... yeah well, there's your answer. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I didn't realise I did that. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, right, eh? Um, let's keep going. MWA Gunner, why are we trying to play counter-attacking football with a back five? We didn't play a back five. Well, I didn't think we played a back five, but I, we did play, we tried counter-attacking football. I did notice that yesterday. Uh, to be honest, I'm not even sure we did because if you're playing counter-attacking football, you put your fastest man on the shoulder and try and spin in behind and get people to catch him up. We didn't do that. Aubameyang didn't go in behind. He didn't play on the shoulder. I I, I feel like they were instructed to go out and not part the bus. Well, yeah, basically part the bus. But then they weren't given. It looked like the way they played. And obviously, this can't be true, but it looked like they were told to go out and part the bus and given no other instructions. Like not this is how we're going to do things. We want Aubameyang to play on the shoulder to try and stretch the pitch, Lacazette to drop in to kind of try and play a bit of football. None of that looked evident. What, what so I don't even me, know if he did try and play counter-attacking football. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I did look, I did look at it at times. We, we were playing well out from the back and throwing long passes to Aubameyang at times. No, but was it is it a case of our plan was to play counter-attacking football or that we were defending so much that every attack so was naturally going to be a counter-attack? Yeah. Because as I said, as a counter-attacker, like, okay, let's compare, compare Vardy and Aubameyang with pace. Just yep. in that aspect, they're similar speeds. If Leicester are playing counter-attack, Vardy's on the shoulder. Yep, that's right. Aubameyang. Like, and but he wasn't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if the plan was to play counter-attacking football as as you would mm. normally label it. I think it was just we had to counter-attack because every time we got the ball, we were so deep that it's naturally a counter-attack. But but what amazes me and and, and okay, so we parked the bus. As, I hate that term, but anyway, that's what it is. Um, how many times? Have you ever seen Arsenal park the bus? And do they actually know how to park the bus? Because I know Atletico Madrid just they just know how to do it. Uh, Mourinho's teams, it takes them a couple of time, a couple of you know good couple of games, but then they finally learn how to park the bus. Chelsea did it for a lot of time. Man United started doing it, but I don't know if I've ever think of a game where Arsenal have ever parked the bus. I mean, Arsenal. if you look back, there probably would have been games, but yeah. it's not a normal. It's not a normal normal occurrence, is it? Like, no. Yeah. What were you going to say, Nick? 
I was about to say, if if his plan, if Emery's plan was to park the bus, then he 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 it was definitely a mistake because Arsenal cannot defend. So why you know we can't defend as a unit? You know what I mean? And the first uh, tool of parking the bus is defending as a unit. You know, like everyone gets into position and they know this is what I'm doing. Arsenal cannot defend at the moment, you know, and there's no point in parking the bus if you can't defend as a unit, you know, because like I said, everyone at the back is leaving the ball to, to like Socrates is saying, okay, Koshoni, that's your ball. You know what I mean? Like everyone's passing it on to, to everyone and you can't, you can't park the bus like that, you know. Again, going back to Tony's point, Yesterday, we played 4-4-2. We haven't played 4-4-2 the whole of this season, okay? That was the first time we're playing it this season. And I just don't get what he was trying to do, you know? Like, if you're parking the bus, go 4-5-1, 5-4-1 or something. But he played 4-4-2, but everyone was sitting deep. You know, it just didn't make sense to me what he was trying to do yesterday. So, and every, every, every way I try to make sense of it, I just, I end up back at zero, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah, I can't make a mic ends. And I can't make it out, mate. It's got me fucked. Because um, even the whole... Just just everything, the whole structure just wasn't even there for parking the bus. But it, it honestly, that's what it looked like. Like, you know, you'd probably say if you were going to park the bus, you'd probably go a 4-5-1 formation, wouldn't you? More so than a than what, what you know, a 4-4-2. So it just... Yeah, fuck do I know. I don't know what he was doing. Um, Emery, um, MWA Gunner. Uh, Emery said that no one's place in the team is safe and you can you can drop if you're not playing well. He's done that with Ozil, uh, but no one else. Tell me why you guys like Mkhitaryan and Awobi and a, start, a starting week in, week out. Tony? what I said when he first dropped Ozil it's a power play he's trying to win the battle and, and be the big man in the dressing room but there's no room people always say oh the players have two big egos and there's no room for egos in football but it's the same the other way you can't look he, he dropped Ramsey because he wanted to prove that he was the bigger man in the dressing room he's done things that are detrimental to the team and not so much now I mean the first three months of the season maybe a bit longer he's done things that are detrimental to the team to try and be the man in the dressing room and for me, you can't do that. As I said at the time, he was picking a battle he can't win because whether you like Ozil or not, we are worse every time he doesn't play. So I'm not bringing it onto an Ozil debate, but the reasons Mickey and the Iwobi are, are not getting dropped for shit performances is because they hold no power. There's no threat. I'm just going to play devil's advocate on that for a minute because there was a lot of discussion with Emery and Neymar through the papers that them two didn't get on. And then he's come to Arsenal and, you know, similar to Ozil as well. Are we speculating through the media that this is the case with Neymar and Emery? And are we also speculating? There's no speculation. No speculation. There's no speculation for Neymar. Okay. Um, And with us, uh, yeah, yeah, we're speculating. No one knows. But it's a pretty strong speculation. It's It's not a wild guess. Yeah. Okay. We go, we go on a 22-game unbeaten run. One player gets dropped. We start losing. That player then comes in every now and again. Everyone else remains constant. 
So the two things you're speculating is the one, and, and he's made bullshit excuses. Yeah. Oh, look, I agree with you. I'm just trying to play the flip side. Yeah, yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. That the answers in the question, one player was singled out for no apparent reason. And then we also started losing games. That part of it, the losing games bit, may have absolutely nothing to do with Ozil. We mm. probably would have, we could have lost them with him in there. But the, there is a definite link between the, what happened to him at PSG and what he's tried to do here. Yeah. I said, how do, you, how do you explain Ramsey? Did he not think he was good enough? No, the first former, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But, but that was strange because Nick did bring up a point that he was going to build a team around Ramsey. Well, that's what I remember. I can't remember who it was. We, I was arguing with someone on here. Um, the, he tried to play Ramsey as an out-and-out out 10 against uh, Man City in the first game. And Ramsey was horrendous because he can't. He, he tried to make him be Ozil, yeah. basically. And, and Ramsey was horrendous. That's never going to be his what he's good at or his strength. And like I said, we'd never see him as a 10 again, as, an out, as that kind of 10, because it, it's just never going to work. And someone was arguing with me and telling me I don't know football. So whoever that was, I was right. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> I don't register. Um, but but secondly, from then he's gone. Oh, I'm going to build a team around him. He's played him out of position in one game, and then we basically didn't really see him after that. He, he got dropped for the next game against Chelsea, and then after that he, he's been sparingly ever since until about February or January. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I, I, I don't, I'll go back to I don't think he knew the players I don't think he done I, I don't know like, I wouldn't imagine a coach, a manager or coach whatever you want to call him just rolling in and going like, for, like without doing any research at all surely the fucking Christ he would have known these players and who they are and what they are and where their strengths are what their weaknesses well, are I mean look again we're speculating but the yeah. whole thing the whole reason he got the job from what we're told is that and this came? This isn't even speculation because Gazidis came out and said it. Is that he wowed them with his knowledge of the players? He had documents on every single player, how he was going to improve them, how he was going to uh, improve us as a system. And Arsenal actually ran this like a um, a normal job interview where they interviewed, I think they said eight people. Um, so imagine you going for a job and not doing anything on the company, no nothing about the company, no no research, nothing about the role. You wouldn't get it. So. He must have. I mean, he's not so, showing it. Either that or he's the biggest bullshit artist in the world. He bluffed Yeah. Him. But then if he is, that reflects on Arsenal because three, our three most senior guys at the time were the guys that ran the interviews. Mm. Well, saying that, two of them didn't want him, so that probably tells enough as well. <laughs> um, what was that, MWA Gunner? Uh, MWA Gunner also says, let's blame Schwinn for the loss. <laughs> Has Schwinn, Schwinn featured in three weeks since we've lost? I can't remember. On the... Yeah. He, he was here last week. Oh, he was here last week. Okay. I thought, well, it is probably fucking his fault then. Hack on Larson, before you accuse me of not reading your question, listen to the fucking podcast, you queer cunt. <laughs> Do... <laughs> he said to me last week, he says, oh, Tez didn't read me question. I went, yeah, I did. I'm sure I did. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. Fuck it, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, boys. I just didn't... I haven't listened to the podcast, Judy, guys. Fucking hack on Larson, fair deacon. Um, 
do you believe that many of our targets will wait to give us a yes or no depending on Champions League qualifications? If not, would that make us overpay for transfers and salaries, Tony? They they will probably be um, different targets. Sorry, I've just been sent a statement by Dennis Suarez. I've not been sent it. Someone's linked me to the tweet, so I'll just read this out quickly uh, while I've got a dog attacking me. I want you to all know that I will not be able to play again this season. Some issues with my groin have made things tough since the game against Barté in the Europa League in February, and they have forced me to stop training altogether. After various medical consultations, the conclusion has been reached that I cannot keep on pushing it, and I've started a period of treatment that cannot be done alongside competitive football. I am sorry that all the effort and sacrifice made to come to Arsenal hasn't come to fruition, as hoped, and you can't even imagine how angry I am about it, but health comes first. Blah, 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 blah. I want to give my thanks again to such a big club for trusting in me, although things haven't gone how they pictured we would. I am stepping aside, but I am grateful for the messages of care and support that you've all sent me every day. This will be where I take my strength from in order to return stronger than ever and even more determined. Mm. Interesting. Um, Sorry, I just got sent I wonder whose decision it was to to, to sign him, anyway. Well, Sven was already gone, so it's between Emery and San Leahy who seem to be pretty much of the same mind. Um, I think it's the reason that San Leahy is the only one of the three left, to be honest. I mean, in terms of Gazidis and uh, Sven. Did you end up answering Hakon's question, though? I can't remember. Um, Oh, yeah, so sorry, with the targets, I think it will... Because of the money coming in, it's going to be so different. I think that there will be some targets that are identified regardless, but a lot of them will be speak to and have initial conversations to, but they might not be targets if we're in the Europa League or if we're in the Champions League, then they might not be of the calibre of player we need. So I don't think that in terms of money and what wages the player asks will change, but I think the calibre of players we we try and go for um, will be different depending on what competition we're in. Okay. Uh, do you think Manchester United's going to be str- struggle? Because, like, I listened to a uh, Wenger was talking on BN Sports, and he he seems to think they're going to struggle with the appointment of the manager, and if they don't make Champions League football. I don't know. Money talks. They'll throw money at it. What they are going to struggle with is, I'd imagine Pogba's gone, um, and one or two Herrera's gone. I don't know what's going to happen with the hair, mm. but that they've got to replace them players. I mean, the, the issue is United will always sign big names because they'll throw money at it. Yeah, okay. But whether that works when you've got to change so much, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't say in trouble. Also, it's interesting. Did you see in that interview uh, they said to him, "What's the difference between Alexis at Arsenal and Alexis at Man United?" And he said, "Mesut Ozil." <laughs> yeah, I did say that. Yeah, yeah it's a good point though. He's he's a knowledgeable bastard, isn't he? Well, I think uh, I've seen a lot of criticism of that comment as well, saying, oh, Sanchez was even good when Ozil didn't assist him. It wasn't all about Ozil giving him assists. And I think it was just more someone to take the ball off him. In a t- like, so all of the focus wasn't on him in attacking areas. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume that's, that's what he meant, that when he was at Arsenal, you, if you stop the 10, then wide's going to be open. 
And if you stop wide, then then Ozil's going to have more time. And it's sort of what's the worst of two evils? A great 10 in the middle of the pitch or a very good goal-scoring winger that's really wide. So Ozil probably needs that, 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 you know, that quick, pacey winger. To make it, you know, I'm not saying I don't want to start a fucking Urzel thing, but you know what I mean, like. So he's well, probably helps, missing. He's probably he's missing that in his game too. I mean, basically, what Wenger's saying, not just on Sanchez, they both yeah. type of accompany each other. And look, I mean, look, a lot of good players they they work in very good pairs. I mentioned Chavi earlier, but for me, he played with one of the most underrated players ever in Iniesta. So he's probably one of the best midfielders in the world, I reckon. But that's what I'm saying. These pairs are—they—they they worked and they clicked. How good? I'm not. Chavi would have been unbelievable if he played with me. I think he was just a great player. But mm. how much better? How much worse would he have been seen if his partner wasn't as good as Iniesta, yeah. and vice versa? Yeah. yeah. Um. Just to add. Yeah, go, man. Just to add on to that, I think I agree with Tony. Because can you imagine if we had kept Alexis? Okay. We had Ramsey as the box-to-box midfielder. We have Ozil as a 10. And we have Obama and Lacazette. You know, like, like we would have had, we would have been potent. You know, because what, what has happened is we've got a Mkhitaryan for Sanchez, who is not a wide player, okay? And now Iwobi is like the like-for-like replacement with Sanchez, like the one we had in the team who's playing Sanchez's role. Okay, and that's a huge, huge downgrade because Mkhitaryan can play wide, you know. So I think uh, Sanchez leaving, Ozil and Sanchez used to play very well together. And him leaving has just left us very narrow, you know, like there's no proper end product from the wing, you know. And Sanchez would drag two players out on the wing and then that would leave Ozil with some space and that would also free up some of the, the strikers. But we don't have that right now. You know, well, 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 what every, well what, sorry to cut you, Nick, but what everyone else is forgetting is, and, and we're talking about Ozil and Sanchez, how well they're playing together. For me, though, you've, yes, OK, you've got them too. We also had uh, Giroud, who gives you a different style to come into. If, you know, plan A's not working, OK, we've got a plan B. Oxlund Chamberlain, we never replaced. Um, not Wilshire, uh, Walcott was never replaced. And I'm not saying Walcott and, and Chamberlain are, uh, you know, your, ne- your Messies and whatnot, but that whole that team just seemed to gel together, if that makes sense. So Yeah, true. You, you had them all doing, uh, you know, and, and Wenger had his plan A, and he also had a plan B. The plan A the, the counter-argument counter to that. The counter-argument to that is that was the first team that um, missed out on the top four. <laughs> yeah, OK. But I think that team's a better team than what we've got now. Um, I, I just think it's... Positives and negatives. It was... So I think it was that team, you, go, you go, Nick, and then I'll go, Tony. OK, I think that team was better balanced than the team we have now. That's what I would say. It, it had, like he said, it's got negatives and positives, but it was better balanced than the team we have now. Because at the moment, the only wide player we have is, is um, Iwobi. Before, we had Oxley chamberlain and Walcott. They had their fuck-ups, but 
at least they would bring some width. You know, Walcott would get the ball on the wing and run and run and run to the corner flag. And then he fucks it up from there, but it was better. Right now, the only guy we can depend on for width is Iwobi. And he also has his moments, you know, like when he'll just be good and bad. You know what I mean? So that's what I think. It was less, this team is not balanced, in my opinion. Go, Tom. Yeah, no, pretty much the same. Um, just you were saying the top four. Sanchez wasn't in that team, was he? When we missed the first top team four. that didn't get top four, yeah, it was the year we won the FA Cup. Sanchez scored in the final. I'm pretty sure he was there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we beat Chelsea in the final. He was there too. Also, Chamberlain played wing back. Yeah, 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 he was there. Yeah, yeah, it was the year after. Fuck, that was the year we missed the top four. Fuck. That was the first time ever too, wasn't it? Not ever, but... Oh, well, like, yeah. yeah under Wenger. Um, you are talking about Dennis Suarez earlier. Uh, <laughs> Scotty says, what was the point of Dennis Suarez? Well, I mean, look, according to that statement, he basically had two weeks with us while he was fit because I think Barté was about two weeks in. He signed right at the end of January. I mean, he played against Man United in March. So I'm going to take that statement with a pinch of salt because his best game was for us was apparently when he was unable to do anything according to that statement. Mm. What was the point? You didn't. Uh, none of us wanted it to happen when it happened, but just to play devil's advocate, didn't know he was going to get injured. They obviously thought he had something that the team lacked. My argument is I don't know what he has that the team lacks, so I didn't see the point anyway. But... I mean, if he is injured, that's all you can say. That's why he hasn't been featuring. It's it's always going to be a mystery that signing it. it uh, I I I don't know. Um, you know, I often think is it was it a signing in January to please the fans? I'm trying to stretch my memory back, Tony. We're obviously every window we're we're, we're saying we need to sign somebody, but we were on a bit of a winning streak weren't we was that the 20 game no it was after that after that was it yeah okay so okay well I I, I would, wouldn't think a club had signed a player just to please the fans though, would they sure no I mean look my argument is that they obviously wanted him so that my not even an argument I, I don't understand what he brings what did they want what what does he bring that was needed and look, I'm not just going to judge him on his injury. I mean, why he's been here? Because he's apparently been injured and not really played. So yeah. you can't judge him the less than an hour of football or whatever it is he's played for us. But just seeing him in general, I didn't understand what he has that this team needs. Do you think... Well, look, Emery should know him. He played against him, you know... Played uh, with him. Played with him, against him, whatnot. But do you think... Um, Oh, well, well, that blows that clean out the wall. I was thinking, do you think Emery thought that he was a little bit like Ramsey and he could bring that knowing at that time that Ramsey's leaving? He looks like Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> That's where that comparison ends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I'm trying to think of something. That's all. I'm just, I, I got nothing really, but I'm just trying to think of some... Some fucking light or hope there on what? No, so they obviously was. thought he bring he brings something that we didn't have or that we needed. As I said, my argument is I I, I don't know what that is. 
I can't see anything. Mm. Okay, I think I've answered all questions. I'm just going to have a quick squizzy because Hackon will be fucking up me if I didn't. Um, Maddie. Oh, Maddie's got a couple. Okay. Did I read anything from Vish? Mm, no. He asked about three questions. I'm just fucking straight over top of him. Um, Vish, am I a total cunt? Yep, you are, Vish. Yep, next question. (laughs) He says, am I a total cunt for choosing to spend my remaining energy and hope supporting City to win the league instead of those filthy scousers? The Arsenal players are fickle, disgrace and an embarrassment to the club and the manner in which they threw away third and fourth place. City or... Mm, Interesting, only the players. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, City or... Liverpool, Tony, you don't really care or you got a preference? Oh, I care a lot. <laughs> okay. Not Liverpool. Not Liverpool? No, no, no. It cannot happen. You know, I was looking at that ladder today. I can't remember the last time they got 90 points and didn't win the league. No, I don't think it's ever. It's not happened in the Premier League, I don't think. There, there was a stat. Because this is how unbearable every Liverpool fan is, mm-hmm. there was a stat the other day that uh, he's got more this season. They've got more points than any United team ever did under Fergie, and more points than the Invincibles. Yeah, but the Invincibles have got a gold trophy, and Alex Ferguson's got thirteen Premier League trophies. <laughs> uh, shove your one more points trophy up your ass. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Um, you got a preference, Nick? Uh, yeah Definitely not Liverpool yeah. Anything can happen And definitely not Liverpool should win the league uh, Yesterday, actually what made my day better Was when City beat Burnley I was actually watching that game And I was actually That made me feel better You know, Because you can imagine we miss out on top four And Liverpool win the league That would be a shit season for me Like I literally have to leave the planet or something. Just go somewhere. With no, <laughs> no service. You know what I mean? Like that would be bad. Imagine so. I'll sign a Tony the other week. Imagine if they won the fucking Premier League and the Champions League. I actually don't mind them winning the Champions League because I mean they've done it before and it means Tottenham won't. So on that side of things, <laughs> I wouldn't be. I, I prefer them. If I had a choice, I prefer them to win the Champions League over the league. Yeah. Guys, imagine Tot. Imagine Tottenham wins the Champions League. I'll move to Syria. Fuck, no. <laughs> um, who, who, who are you following in Champions League now, Nick? Um, I've got two teams, actually. I'll go like four I'll go of them, right? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, how's this play? He's worse than Schwinn. Fuck it, hell. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Barcelona and Ajax. None of the English teams can win the Champions League. Tony, you're obviously going with one of them, too, as well. Anyone but Tottenham. <laughs> I'll go on Barcelona. I think they'll, they'll be too good. Um, okay. Fish says, is it a coincidence that he had poor run of form uh, with the loss of Ramsey? There he goes. Since he has been out of the team, we've looked like flat, def- devoted, a loss of any spark. Our players' mentality are on holiday already. Pretty much said what you were saying earlier today. Uh, Vish says again, who has a higher probability of being fucked? 
Arsenal players in an away match or a prostitute on a payday? <laughs> Arsenal, 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 Arsenal players in an away match, definitely. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um, okay. That's about us, gents. I'm going... Maddie. Quick. Oh, fucking Maddie. It's not like I reminded you five minutes ago. No, no, I forgot that. I forgot already. I'm just looking for your question. Maddie. I did see it. Uh, hi, can I put my questions here? Yes, you can. Um, which championship... Or soon to be Premier League players, would you like to consider signing? Would you consider any players from any relegation teams? Tony? Uh, we've been linked with both of Norwich's fullbacks, both young, both quite attacking. Uh, Max Aarons and Jamal Lewis, I think their names are. Uh, it's very difficult to sign from a team that have come up because they've just had probably the best year of their lives and they want to give it a go in the Premier League, knowing that if they're half decent, then. And if their team does go down, they'll get a move to stay in the Premier League anyway. Um, but, I mean, looking so far, Sheffield United, no one will sign anyone from them. Um, and, and Norwich people will look at a couple of the youngsters. Mm. Uh, but they wouldn't, I mean, you know, surely would they? Like, just coming up. Money talks. Yeah, true. I mean, and also, like, I mean, Norwich have not been in a great financial position anyway. And, and also, you've got to think the will of the players want to go, uh, if they want to go, sorry. Um so yeah, I mean, as I said, we've looked at their fullbacks, both of them. Well, um, everyone seems to. Anyone relegation going down? Would you like to grab? Well, the one that a load of people are going to go with, and I've never ever rated him. Everyone was talking about him last summer when Fulham come up. Ryan Sessegnon. I'm, I'm assuming now they're gone down. People are going to go. Our oh, big team's going to come and get him. But for me, I'd, I've always thought he was bang average. I mean, he won Championship Player of the Year last year at like 17 or 18 years old, but. I've never seen anything in him, but I think that would be a lot of people's answers. Seriously, um, I mean, look, Cardiff. No one's going to go. No one's going to sign anyone from Cardiff. Um, Neil Etheridge might get a move to be someone's number two keeper, maybe. Uh, and Huddersfield. No one's going to go near any of their players. I disagree with you. Aaron Moy. Yep. <laughs> Some. I, I reckon. So I reckon someone like Palace or somebody will pick him up. No, I was talking uh, like top oh, six. Arsenal, yeah, okay, sorry. Um, the other one at Fulham you missed on, uh, Gene Siri, because we were... No, he can't even get in their team. He He's the biggest hype job ever. <laughs> he is, isn't he? <laughs> he is. I agree, I agree. He's promoted better than Andy Joshua. Hey? He's promoted better than Andy Joshua. I remember watching him in a couple of games this season. And I was wondering what 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 the what was the hype all about? You know what I mean? Like everyone, he was even saying, "No, I want to go to, I want to change. I'm going to consider my next move carefully." His shit. The best <laughs> thing he's done this season is that that goal he scored. I think against I don't know who he scored it against. That's the uh, best, I and that can be put. I did so, yeah. And that can be put on par with El Nene against Barcelona. He scored that screamer, and that was it. That's the best thing. We paid 11 million for that. That go. That's all. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Can't think of anyone else here. Huddersfield, they got fuck all, haven't they? Aaron Moyes, he, he'll, he'll get a shot somewhere. Won't won't be top six time, though. Um, he's got another question. I fear we would lose a Bamiyang... Lacazette or Granite if we don't get Champions League football thoughts Tony 
Uh, only if we choose to sell. They've all joined. Well, they joined when we were in the Europa League. Lacazette and Aubameyang. And let's be honest. I know there's a big loving with Lacazette amongst our fan base. But who's going to pay the, the the money we would need for any of them? Look, there's an argument to say maybe Granite, and that's only on the back of his comments a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, but we would need more than what we paid, which was low 30s, 34, I think, mm. to to be willing to sell him. Because as, as shit as some people think he is, he's very important to the way we play. And we, we're another one, we're not as good when he's not there. Mm. So if you say he's really important to our team and we paid 34 million, you're going to want at least 40. Fair? Yeah. Who who pays that? For me, no one. I, well, I can, I can probably think of maybe Inter or AC Milan. Uh, well, I don't think Milan have fucking 40p, let alone 40 million. <laughs> yeah, they got their Chinese owner. Yeah, he's been investigated by every fucking agency. And that's why Schwinn's not here. He's around checking what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the flip side of that, Tony, on the flip side of that, Tony, I never thought any team would pay 40 million for Chamberlain, to be honest. Yeah, True. that's a good point. That's a good point. So, and two uh, of them offered it. Yeah, so you never know. We might fucking, Jenkins and might break the transfer. It's fucking one team from Portugal coming off of fucking 25 million. You never know. It's crazy. I, I, I think there's, there's probably realistically about eight teams that can pay 40 million for a player like Jack. Well, pay 40 million full stop. Worldwide, there's probably eight teams. Is he going to go Barcelona, Real Madrid? No. Is he going to go PSG? No. Is he going to go Man United, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool? No. There's seven of them. And you'd argue Bayern Munich's probably the other one. Yeah. That's the only... I mean, okay, so maybe... You're ruling, you're, ruling out, you're ruling out Roma, Inter... Uh, Roma ain't going to take million because there's no upside. No, 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 they won't. But, okay, Napoli, uh, Valencia, any of them... To, no, Valencia, you know, no, Valencia are. Okay. So none of them type of just, you know, fifth, six teams in any leagues? Uh, I mean, I was probably a bit harsh in saying eight. There's probably 12 because, I mean, Atletico Madrid have done it once or twice. But, you got again, all the times that a lot of these teams do it, there's an upside. There's, I think, there's when I say that the eight teams I just listed, they can probably afford to spend 40 million and not consider what they're going to be worth in three years. They are buying them for the here and now. Mm. And if they're worth nothing in three, four years, so be it, as long as they've improved them in the meantime. Whereas you look at teams like Roma, who will spend forty million if they have to, but that's because they're looking to get sixty million in two or three years. Yeah, well, you won't get that. And, for, no, exactly. But then again, uh, that's no. the point I get. So yeah, there is more teams to spend forty million, but not granted. It's not in the mould of the type of player they would spend forty million on because there's no way he's going to be worth sixty, seventy million in two, three years. Mm. No, absolutely not. Unless inflation doubles, but then that it's not still it's still not a fucking bonus, is it? Because everything else would have gone up double. Mm. Yeah, no. Uh, a quick, a quick question for Tony. Mm. Tony, do you think Shaka is what we need to take us to the top in the middle of the park? I think, if used correctly, he could. Look, not on his own. He's never going to be a standout. He is the player that wins the league. I think he's good enough to be 
in a team that wins the league, if used correctly. Yeah, and a lot of people disagree with me. I'm not. I'm not saying he's amazing, but I think he could do enough. Is there better out there? Of course there is. I'm not saying he's the best, but I, I think he could be in a, in a title-winning team. Um, I agree with you, but the only problem I have with Shaka is when you know, like he's our outboard. You know what I mean? Like most of the time, Leno will pass the ball to him. He will turn and pick a pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every time that happens, my heart is in my mouth. You know what I mean? Like every time that happens with Shaka. I always, literally... I've always said this before. I don't think our players look at their team. Like, like there's certain situations that you shouldn't give Granite the ball. If he's got two men closing in on him, don't give him the ball because even – at best, his only option is going to be a ball back to you. So then just keep the ball. Don't bother waste your time. But our players don't seem to think like that. You look at other teams and they know their 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 players' limits. So you don't give company the ball on the run for Man City, for example. Or Gundogan, you play it to feet because you know he's going to them tight areas. It's the same for every every team. They've got them players. Henderson, you give him the ball when he can run into 10 yards. You don't give him under pressure because he's got the worst first touch in the league. Arsenal don't seem to do that. They seem to treat our players as if they're androids and they all have the same level of ability. So I, I know what you mean, that, that if the keeper gives it to him, he's under pressure, you're, he's going to be a bit rattled. Although he is the best diver in the Premier League. The amount of fouls that bloke gets for absolutely nothing are unbelievable. Um, but I agree with what you're saying, but then that's game management and Arsenal have the worst, including I'm including Granite in that, Arsenal have the worst game management I think I've ever seen. It's, true. it's, it's like saying signing Messi and playing long ball. That's I, I believe Arsenal would be stupid enough to do that. <laughs> okay, I know. I hear. You, I hear. You. Okay, um, Valencia coming up. Tony, obviously we're going to go strongest lineup possible. This is, you know, this is, is this a make or break for us now? Well, it's it's, it's bigger than it was. The day, the, the minute the final whistle went against Napoli, but I, I look. I mean, I still think we're fighting on two fronts. I don't think we'll get six points, but as I said, I think if we get six points, we do it in the league. But it is of huge importance. It's probably going to have that little bit of a factor in it because it's Emery's previous club. I don't know. I don't think many of the players are still there, but the backroom staff, the the owners, and the, the chairman and whatnot will still be the same. Uh, so it's probably going to have that little bit of he wants to win a bit more. I think we'll go the back four again. Um, I think he'll start both Aubameyang and Lacazette. I think we'll play basically how we did against Chelsea, which was press really high. Because, I mean, I don't know if Valencia will do the same, but I watched them at uh, Old Trafford and they just shut the game down. They got a nil-nil. That's what they came for. They didn't come to play, to be honest. And I, I think they'll probably try and do the same, take it back to the Mustaya. Uh, so I think we've got to be on the front foot and hounding them from, from minute one. Get an early goal. They'll probably still try and settle for one-nil. If we get a second, then that's when the party starts because they'll have to make a decision. Is to Are they comfortable being 2-0 down going to the home leg? Do they need to come out and get an away goal? We'll see. But I think we'll be strong on the front foot because if we're passive, they'll just kill the game and, and stick for a 0-0. And then try and, try and get the 1-0 out in front. Oh, no, no. Spain. When they're at home. Not even, not even a 1-0, just beat us. Just they beat, yeah. beat us all three if they have to. Who are they, who are they beating Europa League I'm just trying to go through their games beat Villarreal in the last round sorry who and they they beat Villarreal in the last round okay and they came out of the Champions League in Man United and Juventus' group so they've only had one or two other rounds two other rounds yeah, yeah I'll have to 
Uh, Nick, thoughts on Valencia? Um, like Tony said, we just have to start quick. We have to really be precise in front of goal. No wastage from either Bamayang or Lacazette. We have to really, really bang two, three early goals and then see where the second leg takes us. But we're more than... One thing about this Arsenal team, I will say, when they're up for it, they, they really, really they get the job done. You know, So I just hope on Thursday they're up for it. And we can definitely... Valencia is not a team under normal circumstances Arsenal should be scared of. You know, Atletico Madrid was more of a test and they beat us 1-0. You know? So we just really need to start qu- quickly and win the game in the first half, basically, or, or first, first leg. Like we did with Napoli. Okay. Uh, you want to give me a prediction? Um, this team is fucking hard. I don't even know, man. Like, okay. Do you want a, a reali- <laughs> I don't even know. What to say. I don't know what to expect. So do you want a, an Arsenal fans prediction or do you want a realistic prediction? Uh, give me a realistic prediction. If I wanted an Arsenal fan prediction, I'd fucking get Schwinn on the podcast. <laughs> um, I'll say first leg three one. Three one. Second leg, yeah, yeah three one. Second leg, one one. Okay. Three one to Arsenal. Yeah, three one one. And that, that's three, not one, your one, Arsenal definitely. prediction. That's your. Yeah, that's a definite. That's my realistic prediction. Realistic prediction. What was your Arsenal prediction yeah. just out of curiosity? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, fuck me, if that one was his... <laughs> uh, okay, um, Arsenal, yeah, they're, they're paying $1.85, the draw $3.60, Valencia $4. So I'm, not, I'm not sure what that is in your terms, but... Check here. Arsenal, obviously, clear favourites for that game. Look, I... I can't. I'm just going to go like a one nil. Going to be safe. Then again, we probably won't keep a clean sheet, so it could even be a two one or something like that. Um, head to head, we've never played them. Yes, we have. Not in Europa League, sorry. No, that's because we've only been in Europa League twice, and last year it was the other time. <laughs> I only did that quickly because I brought up head to head just quick, and then I realised it said Europa League. Um, I, yeah, so, right, uh, that's it, boys. I'm out of here. Thank you again, Tony. Cheers. I'll be back Friday after the Valencia game, and thank you, Nick. Hope you enjoyed it, mate. I did. Cheers. I need to have a talk with Tony more often. <laughs> right, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, you can follow us at clockn underscore talk. And uh, we'll be back Friday, hopefully, with a win on Valencia. Thank you. Good night.